Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, SFFPL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams. I'm recording on January 16th. And today we're going to talk about historical science fiction and fantasy. So we're not going to necessarily jump into our time machines, even though that would be perfectly appropriate for this show, but we are going to step back in time with the stories I've picked today. But before I get into those, I'm going to tell you about our sponsor, which is Lanternfish Press, bringing us One Bronze Knuckle by Kenneth Hunter Gordon. Fortune has long smiled on the prosperous Berger family until a catastrophic fire scatters them to the winds. Narrated by a witch whose knack for storytelling far outstrips her questionable magical talent, this charming debut shows that no matter what disasters befall the burgers, the connections between them hold steadfast, no matter what the distance. This is described as a generational drama with a touch of the fantastic. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, you should definitely check out One Bronze Knuckle, by Kenneth Hunter Gordon. And speaking of generational dramas, my first pick, my fantasy pick, or rather magical realism pick, is The House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende. And I picked up this book. This is a classic, and I think I imagine most of you have probably heard about this book or at least about Isabel Allende. She's a prolific author, and this was the first book I picked up by her, and I picked it up early in my uh, reading life when I was a teenager, and back then when I, I picked it up, I was reading a lot of two things. I was reading a lot of either high fantasy, epic fantasy, or I was trying to be a very clever girl and picking out books that I thought would have been assigned to me in school that had not been assigned to me. And The House of the Spirits gave me that feeling of like, well, this looks like a book that has some fantasy elements, but it also looks like something that might be assigned to me. And I had not read Isabel Allende in school. And the copy I picked up, which I still have, is this paperback version that has this very, like, 70s sort of cover. And even though it did not necessarily match what my high fantasy book covers look like, when I went into Barnes & Noble and I was literally judging this book by its cover, it had elements of it that made me think this looks like something that might promise some sort of 
fantasy element, some sort of paranormal business. And I was not disappointed in that respect because the book definitely starts out with paranormal elements and they continue through in the form of Clara, who's one of the main characters in this multi-generational saga. And in terms of first, this was my first magical realism book. This was also my first multi-generational saga, especially to this extent. And Clara was a character I immediately related to. She was very quiet. She was very internal. She observed her family. She was the observer. And um, the part that I did not relate to so much is that she has these paranormal abilities to look ahead. She is able to look at people's futures, the future of the people in her family. And unfortunately, a lot of what she sees is tragedy. And a lot of what follows in this story is tragedy. It follows through a very, it's set in a very politically turbulent time. Um, and, you know, this is coming from Chile at a certain time. And Clara and her family are very much enmeshed in politics. Her father is a leader who is trying to be in a certain position. And one of the first tragedies that happens to her family is because of uh, how intertwined they are with politics. And one of the people who is affected by this tragedy is somebody outside of their family, Esteban Trueba, who was in love with the eldest daughter, Rosa. and. What ends up happening through Esteban is it creates some of the biggest tragedies of this story. So I should tell you that there are lots of trigger warnings here for sexual abuse. There's rape. Um, there's a lot of brutality. So just note that when you're reading this book, I was definitely not prepared for that when I read it. And I remember putting the book down and not picking it up again for a while because of some of that stuff. So uh, I think it's important to note. So Clara and Estepan are the two characters who set the course for this multi-generational saga that continues with their children and with their grandchildren. And they're all enmeshed in the politics of Chile and nothing is really identified no political leaders they're not really associated with anybody specific or any place specific i think it was a very careful way of telling this story um but you can definitely relate this to certain times in history and it's definitely a historical fiction and it's a fabulous telling of the past. And through Clara's eyes, it becomes this sort of, there's just something else to it. There's this other layer. There's this paranormal layer of the ominous foretellings of what is going to happen to this family. And by way of this family, what's happening to this place and what's happening to its people. And there are definitely class struggles, especially because Clara's family 
the Del Valle family come from privilege and everybody they associate with comes from privilege. And Esteban Trueba does not come from privilege, but he finds his way up to that area. And what he does with that is the horror and it has consequences, as you might imagine. So, so this book had some of the the most resonant lines, like just the prose. There are things I remember even when I got frustrated with, or disturbed, I should say, with some of the content. Like there are some lines that just stuck with me forever. So I would definitely pick this up. It's a classic. It's The House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende again. My science fiction pick is one I believe, I can't remember if we've talked about it before. We have definitely talked about Octavia Butler, but I'm talking about Wild Seed. This is another classic. It's a science fiction classic. Um, basically, everybody, everything Octavia Butler does is a classic. And this is technically the first book in her Patternist series. There are four books, but um, this one, I I can almost say that this one can be read as a standalone. So when we're beginning the story, we're following Anyan Wu, who's this African woman and oracle. There's a lot of the uh, secondary theme to today's episode is oracles, but Anyan Wu is a leader. Her people look to her and respect her. But she is able to do things no human should be able to accomplish. She's a shapeshifter. And this is way back when. And it's around the 17th century. Slavers are ever-present. They're a threat. And Anyanwu meets this man who is as ancient as she is, which is a rare thing to find. And Doro, this person she meets, offers her something he offers her an opportunity and she accepts it she has a lot of misgivings she has a lot of uncertainty about what this could mean but this is a rare situation she has literally not met somebody like him or like herself rather in a long time and there could be a lot riding on this opportunity so they're both immortals, and they are both able to do superhuman, perform superhuman feats. And on Yanwu ends up going on this journey with Doro, where first of all they set off on the sea, and that's where she begins to realize that she is definitely not alone in having certain abilities. There's a whole crew of people on board, and. Sometimes when I think about this book, I think about like, oh, this is like the X-Men gone wrong because there's, there are so many, this isn't like, obviously, this is not like a traditional superhero type book. This is not written to be a superhero type book. There are consequences that come with having these superhuman abilities and different people have different abilities. On board, um, Anyanwu has abilities that Doro does not have, and vice versa. And so she's observing all of these people and what they're able to accomplish. And she's also wondering what Doro's role in 
as a leader of these people is. And she goes across the sea. She comes to America. And she begins to see what he's building there in terms of finding people, recruiting people just like them. And she doesn't know what's going to happen to her. She doesn't know what the purpose is. Um, and the what his sight is for the long-term future. Like, what is the long-term goal here? So I was very concerned. <laughs> Both of these books that I chose today, have they gave me a little bit of anxiety just because this book also has some stuff that you should know about. There's a lot of brutality. This happens during a certain time. It happens when there is slavery. These are black people. Um, and Anyan Wu sees things that are absolutely atrocious. So this is not a light book. There's a lot of graphic violence. There's some sexual assault. And it's it's not an easy read necessarily. It's It's very heavy. But there's also a lot of really interesting content that makes you think wow Octavia Butler if you haven't read her before she was really ahead of her time and I every time I come across one of her books I'm always impressed by how ahead of her time she was and this is one of those books that made me think that so I think that if you want to get into science fiction classics especially this is a really good one to start with. Um, just brace yourself is what I'm saying, basically. It reads really fresh, and I think that you'll really enjoy it. And there's a whole series to read if you really love uh, the story and you want to follow it. And it is definitely, I don't know if you can call it necessarily multi-generational, but it spans this incredible amount of time. So again, that was Wild Seed by Octavia, another wonderful classic. And that's it for our time traveling journey. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us as usual at sffyeah at bookriot.com. And please do review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. You can find me online on Instagram at Williams. That's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. Until next time.